No, well, they, I always tell guests, like, you pretty much want to be as close to the mic, like, where you're deep-throating it. <laughs> so I, I am giving it the gark. <laughs> so, like, right here is, like, perfect. All right. I think that, but we're live. All right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude, I was trying to figure out the whole uh, distance from the mics. Dude. They give this fucking thing the fucking so, Glucker 9000. <laughs> so, bro, you actually been on before. Yeah, the podcast fucked up, dude. That actually broke my heart when that one person, when you did a questionnaire, and they were like, "When is your podcast coming out?" And you're like, "Dude, I don't know." <laughs> I felt so bad, dude. <laughs> but I was like, it was uh, we had audio issues in the yeah. past, that's why. But now we're just physically dialed, so it's like I have no issue with this at all, pretty mm -hmm. much. So once this thing comes out, you're pretty much good to go. But brother, how the fuck are you, dude? I'm fucking great, man. I'm uh. I'm uh, I'm actually because I'm fucking here so like practice is like almost right now <laughs> yeah but I'm taking a couple of days just to kind of let my body reset mm. and stuff like that well, the last fight that I have I got news of it like maybe 14 or 15 weeks out and I was just like all right let's go it's go time mm. and it 14 15 weeks is not really quite go time yet you know that's a long time yeah, yeah. it's like three fucking camps bro yes. and so i was just like like right away i was like in the cage like two or three times a week fucking like three workouts every day no excuses <laughs> and then by week like like by like six or seven weeks out, i was like fuck i'm kind of tired like, and i was like fuck it whatever i'm just being a bitch and i just pushed through and then i got like severely injured because i was just so overtrained and like yeah in sparring and then you know when you're overtrained and your cardio is just it's not there i think it's some with your uh, heart rate variability mm -hmm. where your heart just can't catch up yeah and um so i like took my foot off the gas in this round i was doing fine and then uh and then i just made like sloppy mistake and then got injured what did you get injured by because i remember you you had to pull out recently yeah, right yeah uh a couple months ago um well you know the deal. You got to keep this shit like top secret. You know what I'm saying? But yes. we won't spill the beans. But really what happened was the injury and sparring was not that bad. Mm. Okay. It was, it was not great, but what really like what really got me fucked was trying to come back too early. Ah. Uh. And then, uh, at that point I just like, like my body just fell apart. And then, um, there was like a couple of days where I literally could not move in yeah, I'll tell you off podcast what happened. But <laughs> so do you have like right sense. now since you're in camp, like do you do you kind of have like that weird battle in your head where it's like, I want to be in the fucking gym because how old are you again? Twenty six. Okay, Pe like people our age, we're young, we have all the energy in the world, so we always want to go. But at the same time, if we go 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 constantly, we're just gonna get fucking breaking down. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to be in the gym like all day, every day. I, if it, like, shit, dude, if I was taking like PDs, yes. I would, I would be training for like eight hours a day. You'd be recovered like that. Yeah. Right. Um, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't morally bring myself to do that. So it was just kind of paradoxical, but, um, so yeah, no, but after the last time, like that was my, uh, I've gotten overtrained a few times where shit just like went wrong. I felt horrible, but that was the first time I had severe repercussions from it. Mm. So like I took, probably six weeks off and in that time i uh i thought about you know like my um basically like capacity for longevity as an athlete 
And if I want to be fighting in 10 years, like, what does that look like for me now? You know? And at this point, like, I still don't have very many miles in my body, especially because I started training so late. Like I didn't do jujitsu serious, like really until I turned 22. Mm. And so, um, at that point I was like, all right, well, I've had what, like four years of just training super hard. Right. And just pushing my body to the limit. And now I think I've gotten to a point where I, I don't have many miles in my body, but I have enough to where now I have to be really smart about it. I can do both. Right. I can just train super hard, but there are times where I have to be smart. Like right now, you know, like I hate taking time off. Fucking it's the worst. I'm just sitting there alone with nothing but my own thoughts. And you know how terrifying that is. The worst. Uh, (laughs) So, um, but, but again, like bigger picture, right? Like if you, uh, if you avoid like, overtraining and stuff you you can you know you perform better you uh you feel better you can you can do this for longer and so like in it kind of it was a a hard pill to swallow but i i ended up getting to a point where um i realized like at certain point and like some people are gonna hear this and be like yeah no fucking shit you idiot yeah but at some point um the best thing for you to do as an athlete uh is to actually take time off like that is the most valuable thing to do at that point in time like it's yeah. what you said it, you want to just go 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 right because that's what you feel like you're when you feel like you're being productive um but sometimes the most productive thing is to reset yeah then like some of my uh clients they always think like when they first start working with me they're like oh Dan's gonna make me train every day it's like no that's that's not what we do. Like, I was like, I don't even train every single day. Like yeah. when I was an athlete. Yeah. Because there was like a certain goal that we had to get to. And it's kind of weird when you sign a piece of paper, you have a contract in front of you stating you have a cer- certain name, you have a certain date and it gives you like that weird feeling where it's like, Oh, somebody's training to kill me, dude. Right. You know? So therefore it like, <clears throat> it's not, it's not like all this other stuff where it's like, you know, people are bodybuilders, people are CrossFit, people are, jiu-jitsu or so-and-so for basketball it's different when you're fighting and that stuff is all extremely difficult too. oh all of it like everything is difficult in its own way for for sure sure. but sure there is something different about like signing an agreement to be locked in a cage with someone to kill someone who wants to kill you yeah you know it's a little fucking your underwear (laughs) in your fucking underwear in front of like thousands of people isn't it weird bro dude it's fucking wild i actually um i actually just stopped seeing a girl yesterday because she just couldn't handle like um you know when you're in camp there's aspects of your life that you have to some to some degree shut down yeah right and like I specified everything to her, yeah. And uh, and she she said she was fine with it, right? Initially, um, but then I got in camp, and then I got into the real like heat of camp, uh, and then shit just changed. And I just told her I was like, look, if if you can't handle hanging out two and a half days out of the week, which is actually a, a lot, lot. It, when you're as in an camp, adult, two when you're in camp, like two and a half days out of like. All, all the rest of Friday after training, like Saturday, Sunday, it's like all my time off. I was like, if that is not enough for you during camp, let alone like the rest of training, 
this isn't like this is yeah this is not something that you're gonna want to be in yeah and it's funny because we're we're married to this yeah you have to be yeah like gsp is a perfect example the man stayed single his entire career yeah never was in a never married never had kids dude guy did it and he was so married to mma like i love that story when he won the fight with dan hardy and he was like trying to finish the armbar and he didn't get it yeah and he was that he still won the fight but he in the in the locker room he was trying to practicing the armbar while all his friends and the girls were like george where are you at we're gonna party he was like no fuck you i'm gonna learn how to finish this fucking armbar yeah. fuck off but there's a it's a it's a rare breed of women who understand this kind of grind yeah yeah that's true and like Maybe they don't even understand, but they, they just have the ability to kind of like empathize and be like, look, I have no idea what's going on with you. I've never been in that situation, mm. but I trust you and I respect that you have something to do. And what they what I feel like anybody should be able to understand if you don't like let your emotions get in the way of you is that. Again, you're getting fucking locked in a cage with someone who wants to kill you. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you if you put that into perspective, like I think most people don't really, well, not most people, no, people who haven't gotten into uh, like a professional fight or not even a professional, an amateur fight, mm. like they don't realize how fucking terrifying that is. Yeah. Like there is nobody else competing, right? Which is one of the one of the things that makes jujitsu a little bit more casual, right? Jujitsu is still it's still terrifying in its own way and it's still like it's a specialized sport so you just have to be so good at one thing yeah. so but at the same time for the most part unless it's like i don't know how adcc sets it, sets it up um but you're on a mat there's a few groups competing and there's you right so it's not like lights are off except for yours all eyes on you yeah you know yeah so how i mean did it kind of was this is this a person that I actually know like the, no no okay this was a while somebody uh, just somebody recently yeah yeah <laughs> your smile you're like oh yes yeah no you just, this, this is fucking <clears throat> yeah bro like I've I have been in a uh, I was in a long term relationship while fighting and she got kind of uncomfortable that I put her in last place she didn't yeah. like that but yeah. it's like hey this is what it is like that whole point that, like you have no idea that there's somebody this person's name is literally in the gym right now and i know what he's doing he has no girlfriend he has no kids he's not worried about that he's just training his ass off to put me to sleep and if i'm over here bullshitting with you having fun drinking beers doing all the stuff that i'm not supposed to do hey i am like i love when fighters travel away from their families like canelo he goes somewhere else away from his family he's like i don't want any distraction he has a beautiful family, beautiful yeah. wife, kids. But he's like, no, I have a job. I need to go. And a lot of people, it's cool when they actually understand that. And just like, like me, bro, I'm at a point right now where it's like, I can only, if I were to be in a relationship right now, I can only give probably one day. And I am not in training. I am not fighting anymore. But there's still so much things that I'm doing. I can only give you one day out of the week. And that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that to, for someone to understand that they have to be able to understand that, like you're doing something that you're extremely passionate about and that you believe is very important. Um, and that's your own life. 
And so they need to be able to have their own life, their own passions, their own whatever. I mean, they don't even have to be like super driven. They just have to have their own life and respect that you have yours and then appreciate the time that you do have together, you know? Yeah, I think it is better when the other person is actually doing some stuff too. It makes things more like, oh, I'll see you when I see you. I'll see you when we're both available rather than somebody like you. You are constantly doing shit. You, You have a purpose every day when somebody else doesn't have that purpose every day and they just kind of like go through their day and they're just twiddling their thumbs waiting for you to reply waiting for you to get home hey yeah it's going to be tough yeah so it's do you so do you think you'll, you'll remain single while you're a uh, professional athlete dude i honestly <laughs> like maybe maybe not i'm not really worried about it i know <clears throat> like i know what my goals are in this sport and uh and that's that's really all i'm worried about you know like if 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 you're gonna help me that's great if you're not it's fine yes i just get that all (laughs) like you you can do your thing i'll do my thing it'll be all good yeah if a woman uh i always said this on my podcast too like if a woman comes into my life and she enhances everything that i do ooh, hey baby you can stay yeah, I like that. Yeah, but I I think that goes just beyond women too. Like that's just anybody in your life. For period. Sure. Yeah, right? agreed. I think it makes a, a lot more of an impact if it's someone that you're like fucking in bed with, you know? Yes. Like that's then that then like because you know, I'm sure I'm sure you've been in a situation where some like <laughs> someone tries to like fuck with your head and shit oh, and yeah. like guilt trip you over stuff and you're like hey, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? Yes. Like even like fighting with your partner, going to training, dude, horrible, terrible. And then it's funny because like I feel like when we're in the gym and everything that we're doing in there, you have such a great session and you feel good. You're like, man, like I love today. And then you you leave the gym and then you contact your partner. Oh, like, and then she's all mad. Like, wait, what are we what are we even fighting about? Because you're literally like taking it out in the gym. You're sparring. You're grappling. You're wrestling. Like you're kind of like taking all the aggression out there. Yeah. And then when you leave, you're just like. That's why I think, bro, like the fighters, like like you, you have the biggest smile. You know what I mean? Like I always say like fighters are the happiest people I know. And that's such a weird thing because we're also very violent. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I there's that thing, like that ego thing that a lot of men don't face. Like when you go to a bar, you can tell which oh, men yeah. have a big ego. But with you, if you walk into a bar, you're there having fun. You're smiling. You're enjoying some drinks. You're not bullshitting and fucking around. And if somebody, some guy were to try to fight you, you'd be like, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm cool. Like, dude, I would I do <laughs> anything to avoid a, a street fight, bro. Yeah. Like, especially now, especially now, like knowing like what you can do to someone who has never fought at that level. Yeah. You're just like. Because the, the first thing you would do to neutralize a fight is pick someone up and yeah. put them on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. But then that, like, if you're not in a gym, that means hitting them with the fucking concrete. Yes, and you're like, dude, I, like... And they could possibly die. Yeah, right? So... Uh, if they... if Say if you were to KO somebody and they fall flat on their head on gets the canvas, hey, they're hitting the earth. Yeah. Dude, no. Yeah. I just avoid it. And also, I don't know what they carry. Right. So, because people who don't know combat, they're always carrying something, you know, or their friends. Hey, dude, I'm cool. You can call me a bitch. You can call me a pussy, whatever the fuck. I don't care. Like, you can't get to me because I don't care. Wow. Unfucking real, dude. dude. 
It's we are my, canceling this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's my timer to leave to the gym because I'm always. I, I used to always. You have a lot, <laughs> dude, bro. Okay, I don't know what kind of person you are, but look, hold on. Oh, I would love to see this. I do have reminders. These are all my alarms, bro. Holy shit! He has alarms for every 15 minutes of the day. <laughs> yeah, I really do. All up until like 10 p.m., bro. Oh my God. <laughs> So, bro, like uh, the last time you were actually here, we were promoting your your first Bellator fight, correct? Yeah. Okay, so that already happened, and you were successful. How was the camp leading up to that, and how was the night of fight night? Everything went really smooth. I mean, initially, the beginning of camp, um, it was kind of tough because I had a friend die. So, like, he OD'd on fentanyl. Um, so that, yeah, that, that sucked. But... You know, as camp progressed, things, you know, it got easier to process and things stayed pretty good. Um, this camp, I just had a bunch of like bullshit drama, like keeps happening. But that happened also with the last camp that I got injured in. So I think at this point, anything that comes up, it's just like, it's a weird kind of picture to paint. But when one thing happens, now it's just like okay i have one set of blinders on and another thing happens i'm like okay i'm putting on another set of blinders <laughs> and so like more and more i'm just like tunnel yeah. vision and so uh yeah i think my, my opinion is this no matter what happens camp is gonna go great no matter what happens camp is going great yeah no matter what happens training is going great yeah because you have the best job in the world Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And bro, like that was your that was your pro debut, correct? Yeah. And you did it in Bellator. Yeah, dude. How the fuck was that? Dude, it's pretty insane. I mean, like I like You know, it's okay. Like I it, it's it's all on like fucking sure dog, so I don't have to like hide anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I have like no experience, bro. It's like crazy, I right? just gained all my experience from being in the gym in sparring with like the best people out there um and uh and so it was a little bit of a shock to go from like like even my one and only amateur fight i was i fought as the the co-main in front of like i don't know like 600 people so for your first fight it's pretty it's pretty wild but then to go from that to like the biggest card in bellator history it was a shock too but also like i don't know the I'm, I'm pretty good about when I when I get in there everything just kind of focuses in mm. um and it's at the end of the day it's just a fight you know yeah. like you have you, no matter who's watching no matter how big the show is the job is the same right now what you what you might have to do in that job for that specific opponent might be different but you know all everything outside it kind of once you're in there it, it kind of goes away yeah you know? How do you, how are you in the locker room? You see a different dude, types of fighters. I piss so much, bro. Why? Dude, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't really, I didn't have much of an appetite that day. And like, cause I came from such a big layoff. I was like, oh, I don't know how to eat, blah, blah, blah. So I like, <laughs> I like walked in like pretty light and I'm pretty sure I lost like another four pounds just from peeing. Oh shit. I, I think when I walked into the cage, I was probably like, I fought at, I fought at 205, right? I probably walked in at like 206, maybe. Shit. It's crazy. 
<laughs> Other dudes all fucking big and shit across the cage. But the funny thing was, like, <laughs> he was the one who wanted to move up, right? He he asked mm. to move up. I think because I had fought at 185 as an amateur. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, this dude's probably like a natural 170. Fuck him. We'll, <laughs> we'll move up. And I agreed to. And then when we got in there, I was like, okay, you're heavier than me for sure. Mm. But you were also the one who wanted to move up. So, like, why am I bigger than you? Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. I was like, what's going on here, dude? Yes. Uh, shit, whatever. Isn't that weird, though? Like, because every time I'm in the locker room, bro, I would always... That was a nice guy, though. He was a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. You, they usually are. Yeah. You know, opponents are usually, like, nice people. And after, especially. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I mean, before and then sometimes after. Yeah. But so, always, usually after. But I always loved being in the locker room, bro, because um, I always wanted to remain myself. And a lot of my corners sometimes, they would be like, bro, you got to get angry. Like, you got to be pissed. I was like, dude, I don't want to be. I was like, I want to be, like, naturally flowy, smiley, like, goofy, fuck around. And I would see a lot of fighters, like, scared to the gills. And I, it's terrifying. It's the most terrifying thing. But I would see some people relax, calm, confident, and nearly, like, telling their coaches, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa. So I was, like, curious on, like, how you are in the locker room. Um. Yeah, I kind of told you everything except that, huh? <laughs> um, You're all talking about your opponent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm definitely – there's definitely a lot of a lot of nerves for sure. Um, I, I try to do my best to stay calm and, and relaxed. Uh, I don't try to get angry. I agree with what you're saying. And I, I feel like especially because, you know, it's like the chamber of – truth right like they're all secrets would be revealed once you get in there so you you have to you really do have to be yourself yeah you know and if if you yourself you're fucking naturally like super angry person <laughs> then that works out in that regard right i mean there's probably some issues that you gotta work out <laughs> once you're done fighting but um I, I feel like i'm pretty calm and collected for the most part i try to just be you know like mentally just ice cold when i walk in there and yeah um, but yeah, really, I, I'm just calm and I piss a lot. That's it. <laughs> Even like in the cage, bro. Like, cause, uh, some people are like, I would say respect, respectable fighters. Like I would say GSP is an example, like where he, oh, wanted, yeah, for sure. he wanted to kick your ass, but he was also very respectful where he's not going to like get in your face while they're calling your or name. He's like, fuck you, bitch. I'm going to fuck you up. He's more just like, Hey, I'm going to bow to you. Like, thank you. So on and so forth. Um, how's your like mindset while you're in the cage? Towards your opponent. Towards my opponent, I'm going to murder you. Right. Like the, <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a fucked up thing to think and say, but like it's really about your own well being, you know, and the W on your record because like first of all, uh, it's a little psychopathic, but like if they're dead, there's no controversy in terms of who won. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously you hope it doesn't happen, but you have to do everything in your power to make it happen. Yeah. That's what the rest job is for. Um, but also like the further away you are from consciousness, the safer I am. And the quicker I make that happen, the quicker my safety comes, yeah. you know? And like, I, I think I gotta say it again. I really don't want any of my opponents to fucking die. Yeah, of there. course not. Like, of course not. But that's <clears throat> just that. Yeah. That's, that's like, my uh, mentality when I get in there. Yeah. Like, all right, you, you have to die. Yeah, dude. And it's gotta I be me or you. And I, I like me a lot better than I like you. <laughs> I would tell that to my opponents on way in day. 
I would like when we get squared up because I love that face to face shit. That's like my favorite part, like the weigh-ins. Like I love to like dude, stare down your opponent. It's wild to like see how much you can learn about just by staring at someone's eyes. Dude, like eyes really don't fucking lie. Yeah. Like that term is so real. Like <clears throat> I remember like there were a few opponents. It's from Scarface, isn't it? Like the eyes, eyes don't lie. Go, they never lie. Maybe it may it may be. I, I, someone else probably said it. <laughs> I would, I would love, bro, seeing my opponents ready. I'm like, oh, you're going to show up tomorrow. And I remember my first Bellator fight, <clears throat> me and him were talking shit leading up to the fight on social media and everything. It was a lot of fun. And then when we got to actually see each other, we were just talking shit forehead to forehead. It was just so fun. Fight night, his eyes changed. Really? Yeah. And I looked at my coach. I was like, hey, look at him. He's not the same. He's not here right now. He was like, he went from like being all ready to like, what am I doing here? Oh, and I fuck. saw that and I grinned at him. I was like, bro, I got you. You're done. Bro. <laughs> First round KO, baby. <laughs> could could not be me, man. Dude, I don't care how fucking terrified I am. Like, I'm terrified going to compete all the time. I'm scared going to fucking sparring sometimes too, bro. Absolutely. But you know, I think if, if you let that part of yourself get the better of you where you start to um, like back off and like mentally shell up, you're, you're putting yourself at much greater risk than if you're like, look, I'm fucking scared, but it's time to go. Yeah. You know, like you got to keep that poker face. It's not, it's not even like the, the poker face. It's just like you have to, for your own sake, make something happen. Like you have to go in there no matter how fucking scared you are and fight for your fucking life. Yeah. You know, like it's terrifying. It's crazy. dude. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the, it's the best job in the world, but it's the craziest job in the world for sure. Dude. It's, <laughs> it's fucked, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, what did you, how did that feeling of like winning on that stage? What did that feel like? It was the best feeling in the world, man. <laughs> Is it better than sex? You For think? sure, dude. <laughs> dude, bro, it's better than fucking shooting up heroin. <laughs> I'll tell you that much from personal experience, dude. Actually, I remember that, bro. Like we were talking about that on the last podcast. Um, how you uh, you used to do heroin, or what was it? Um, I had an I had an issue with uh, with heroin for probably like two or three months, but. It was mainly like I was I was addicted to blow for like th three years, really bad, like right out of high school. And then, was yeah. there a reason for that? Was it just friends, bad environment? Uh, a little bit of both, but I also had like, um, I don't know if I told you this last time, but I had when everything like really really started popping off, I had just gotten out of the uh, I was hospitalized for like two weeks for being like chronically anorexic. Um, so I didn't tell you that. No, you definitely didn't. Yeah, dude. I was walking around at a buck 40. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, just horrible, like a headspace. I had already had like a really bad, uh, um, prescription pill problem. Um, pretty much all through high school. We're not all, all of high school, probably like junior and senior year. Um, I just realized like, Hey, everybody has pills like every household every person has fucking pills and a lot of them yeah. and so um 
you know, I got, I got on that. I was like drinking a lot and then went to the hospital for anorexia came out, was just in a horrible headspace. And then, um, I, I actually got into it super randomly. Like I, I found a connect for my friend who wanted it and he was like, you want to bump? I was like, yeah, sure. And then I did it and I was like, Oh, this is fucking incredible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel great all of a sudden. And it just escalated to the next thing. Yeah. I, I think I just had like a, I have a super addictive personality. So once I, um, once I realized that I like something, I'll just do it all the time. And it actually worked out in terms of training. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, not in terms of drug use. No, it was horrible, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, what, how did you even, cause I would say conquering like a, a drug addiction is probably harder than fighting i've never experienced that so i don't know how how i would feel but i would assume that it's difficult for me the the recovery process was very direct so i didn't struggle with it a lot or as much as uh, a lot of people because i had like um my family you know like i i decided to get clean because they they were always there for me and i didn't give a shit just because i was a piece of shit drug addict but then like when i saw them kind of accepting that and like that's who i was gonna be mm-hmm. then that's when something switched in my head and i was like all right no this something has to change um but w- so the, th- the thing that i probably struggle with more is just like actually being an addict because mm-hmm. there's all this shit that's going on inside your head that's awful and you're trying to turn it off all the time by yeah. just using and then um and uh yeah you develop a tolerance to like obviously whatever you're using but you also develop a tolerance to your capacity to shut your thoughts off yeah and so that just makes you use even more and more and more and then uh yeah it was it was horrible dude there's like months at a time i was basically homeless for a minute just i was like living in the storage closet of a restaurant um that i was that i was working in I'm not going to name drop here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> yes. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it was just, uh, it was a fucking, fucking wild time, dude. Like every, every day, it's funny. Every day you're waking up, you're like, yeah, I could, I could probably die today doing this. Did you think, did you think that? (laughs) Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't want, I was like, I was extremely suicidal at the time, but I didn't want it to look like I did it on purpose because I didn't want my family to be like, was, did we do something wrong? So like every time, pretty much, pretty much every day for like a few years, I would just kind of push the envelope a little bit and just be like, ah, let's see what happens if I mix these two things or if I just rail another line or, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind me asking what caused, uh, those suicidal thoughts, it was probably just shit that I didn't work out like from, uh, like my past or like my issues with self-confidence or like who I saw myself as, um, and then also like adding you know 
a shit ton of substances on top of that. It's going to make everything worse. Yeah. You know, it's just it's a spiral at that point. Yeah. But it's like that weird feeling where it's like, you know, it's bad for you, but it feels exhilarating. Yeah. So it's like this weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when you're, when you're an addict, you're the actually, especially, uh, well, everything pretty much like the, the big three that you always hear about, which is Coke meth, <coughs> and heroin. When you really get hooked on those, you're, you no longer have an identity or a personality. Mm. It's just like you're it's, those things are literally like parasites. Yeah. They take over you. They tell you how to think. They tell you how to behave and your entire thought process in life revolves around using more of it. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's not, it's not even like, I never thought it, I, I no longer thought it was like bad for me or whatever. It was more just like this, like, I just have to keep consuming this because it's who I am and what I do. Yeah. Which is a really fucked up thing to, to think about and say, but I'm sure most former addicts will tell you the same thing. Yeah. And I, I, um, I've never experienced, uh, things like with drugs, so on and so forth. And I knew somebody who was, uh, addicted to alcohol. And um, they're at a certain point right now where they can't live without it. And it's like, and if they don't, they'll pretty much die. Yeah. Like the withdrawals are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The withdrawals from, from alcohol are fucked up. Did you get any withdrawals while you were trying to stop? Um, I got, I, so when I quit, when I quit shooting up, I got some withdrawals. The withdrawals from opiates, honestly, just downers in general, seem to be a lot more severe than others. So I, um, yeah, I got like sick and nauseous and stuff when I, when I stopped using heroin for a little bit, but then I, the whole time I was like s still super addicted to blow. So I was just like, well, fuck, I'll just like snort more Coke and yeah. drink more just to like fill that void. When I stopped doing, when I stopped doing Coke, the thing I struggled with more was just like, cause I had basically just been zooted for three plus years straight yeah so the physical withdrawals were just like everything was just gray right because it's a stimulant everything is up and yeah. then you're like you know like lights are like shining all the time like your blood's pumping um and then when you take all that out everything drops down so everything was just gray yeah. for like two weeks just like flat and that was pretty hard to deal with. It sounds kind of casual, but it, it's 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 pretty shitty to deal with just because you don't feel anything for like two weeks. Like you don't even feel like sadness to a, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, That's why they call it numbing. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, but really, it was more just like, fuck. I don't even know who I am anymore. Like I was like, I got clean right as I turned twenty one, which is pretty pretty incredible. Recent too. Yeah. Um, but up until that point, I was just like the dude who would just drink and like do drugs and stuff. And it was just really fun to be around or so I think I thought at the time. Um, and then I figured when I turned 21, like that's when I'll really be able to like get in my groove. And then I, that, it, obviously that's a horrible way to think about it in this context. But when I took all that out, I was just like, holy shit. I really have no idea who I am and I'm 21 years old. And I also 
don't know how to have a conversation with people. Like it, that was a weird thing too. Cause I was just, you know, like talking to people when I was drunk all the time, yeah. or like socializing and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you've ever talked to anyone who's high on Coke, but no. Well, yeah, I have actually recently. They always want to fucking start a business, dude. They oh, always no. want to start a business. I they always s- have some grand business plan. This person was sleepy. Surprisingly. Really? That's sleepy. Insane. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So it was like years of that. And then I cut everything out cold Turkey. Pretty much. I didn't even go to rehab, which is, um, probably not the smartest way to go about it, but you know, it is what it is. You, I mean, you did it yourself Yeah. and you would have probably spent a fuckload of money. Yeah. So, Hey, but, cheers to you. Yeah. So dude, there was like a year straight where I like couldn't hang out with anybody. Like, didn't have one social interaction because I just did not know how, like if you were to sit me down, if you were to have sat me down in front of like, like this setting, a podcast, dude, I'd be like a deer in headlights. I'd be like, I don't know how to, I don't even know what my fucking name is right now. (laughs) So how did that muscle get trained to what it is now? Because when I met you, I, I met you at like the Sunnyvale, then AKA, um, bro, it was like, it was like you grew up into that almost like you always that talkative person because it was never like, oh, hey, Theo. It was always like, oh, bro, what's up? Like, get over here. Like, it was just so natural. It was like we know each other for years. You know what I mean? So how did that muscle get trained? I think um, after I, I kind of like started rediscovering who I was without without drugs, um, I got and, and I started training. So like started learning more about myself, started getting more confident. Um just being a lot happier in general. And, uh, that was kind of it. I'm not, I think also just like getting used to being sober. Like, I should probably also say like, I'm not hundred percent sober now. Like I'll still drink every now and then. Um, not in camp. I don't really like getting like pissed drunk. It just doesn't feel good. No. Um, but yeah, I was, I was probably sober for like two years or something like that. And, um, just kind of like relearning who I was. That's probably how that muscle got trained. Yeah. And uh, I think fighting enhanced that confidence too. For sure. Yeah. You know, is that, um, I, I faced this during my uh, fight career, bro. It's um, kind of like listening to all the noise, like all the yes men, like saying, Oh, Daniel, you're so strong. You're so fast. You're so this, you're so that you're the new guy. You're the new upcoming dude, yada, yada, yada. And then you start to believe it. And then when you believe it, you eventually fucking crumble. So you, bro, like you're, you're on a good streak right now. Like you're, you're in Bellator, you're fighting again soon. Is it tough uh, blocking that noise off? Because it does feel good. But at the same time, we also have to understand like, Hey, this is constant improvement. Like we can't stop. Yeah. That's, so that's how I think of it too. Yeah. I'm like, well, thank you for saying that. Like, I really appreciate that. And I'm really grateful that you have that confidence in me. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter how good you are, you can always get better. Yeah. Right. So, you know, God willing, like I believe that I have the ability to, to become like that guy. But if, and when that happens, I really hope that I still have the, uh, you know, grounding to, to remember, like there's always going to be more to do. Like there's always going to be, 
you you always have to keep going you can never settle you know i think once you settle then that's it for you yeah yeah and i honestly across the board in any regard not even fighting your job yeah your relationship like everything you yeah know, you can't get you can't stop you can't get complacent because if you do everything just kind of like you'll lose it all well you go forwards or backwards those are the only two directions you ever go right yeah so even like when people get in a relationship going back to that it's like you're in there you're you know going on dates you get comfortable you know what i mean you stop trying and therefore the relationship crumbles yeah and then you're all we're, we're worried why is she with another guy why why am i with another girl it's yeah we got lazy you know we stopped trying and it's the same thing as fighting because i've seen that with uh fighters too where they get to a level and they're just like i don't need to go to jujitsu i don't need to do mitts i don't need to do this because i got it in the bag but I'm yeah like, bro like this doesn't stop and like i love those guys who are just like so in tune and they understand that and then i'm seeing that more now because everybody is so fucking talented and the game is crazy now yeah I think to, but to that, I would say like, like when guys are like, oh, I don't need to grapple after practice or I don't need to, you know, spar and they're in camp and stuff like that. To that, my response is like, like, wouldn't you want to be like so fucking good that you could do anything you wanted at any time? Like, wouldn't you want to be so good that this is like a video game to you? Like where you could just push buttons and make things happen yeah like that's ultimately like that's my goal like i want to be i want to be the best and like make anything happen at any any time against any opponent yeah um at every single level so that you know like keeping that in mind you can never stop doing it any of the the uh aspects of mma right like you can never stop wrestling you can never stop striking you can never stop grappling you you always have to keep your foot on the pedal in some regard if like you really want to push that envelope yeah like who's that guy uh the nogi one of the best nogi grappler in the world oh gordon Gordon, ryan yeah gordon ryan like he that's fucking awesome bro yeah but they don't stop yeah like their gym there's no days off that's crazy right it is i I think it, it definitely does i'm not taking anything away from that because like mentally that is so fucking hard like that is so tough to every single day go in there for hours at a time like mentally that's ridiculous but it does make sense physically because you know jiu-jitsu they're just to compete at that level on jiu-jitsu you have to be in a lot of gear and it is what it is i'm not trashing it at all um but you know you can't you can't say that that doesn't play a huge factor in being able to train eight hours a day you know what i'm saying yep and like John, uh, John Donner, their their coach. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. His like philosophy on everything. I don't know if you ever listened to his like him being on podcasts. Yeah, dude, one of like the greatest like speakers. And like he's like a philosopher. Like I guess he like studied philosophy. Oh yeah, like, in he was or something a, like that. He was a professor at like Columbia, bro. Dude, crazy, right? Like, super random. But it's crazy because they even say that too. Like Gordon says that like this guy has no wife, he has no children. He literally trains us every single day, then goes home and watches tape. Like, isn't that the most wildest shit? Like, that is a different kind of dedication where that guy said no to that life. And he's like, this is my life forever. Dude, you know what's uh, in- fucking incredible and, like, super insane? Ron Ron Kessler is like that. 
and he has a family. Yeah. He's two kids and a wife. Yeah. And he, you know, he's there to watch all of our sparring rounds, all of our grappling rounds, analyze everything enough to where he can tell each specific person what they need to focus on, what they need to work on, what they're doing well. And then he'll go home in the middle of the day for a few hours, like take care of his family. Probably is watching tape too. Um, comes back before all the fighters to teach uh, the uh, kids program and then stays to teach the adults jiu-jitsu program. Goes home, probably watches more film. Like, yeah, I don't know if you've, you've ever like really talked to the guy for a, you know extended periods of time about like pretty much any subject. He's a yeah. fucking genius, dude. No, for sure. Dude, it's to, it's to the point where like he and I are pretty close and it's to the point like he's so fucking smart where I almost just don't tell him if there's something going on with me because I know he already knows. <laughs> and I've asked him before yes. that too. I'm like, I haven't told him anything. I'm like, you know, something's going on. He's like, yeah, I know something's going on. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It, it was so crazy, bro. When he quartered, uh, cornered one of my fights and I, I was losing and it was like going to the third round and I've never heard him scream. <laughs> Like, dude, it's it's scary, scary right? Scary as fuck. Cause I was like, he sounds like calm, a bear, dude. Yeah, and he's so calm. He's so he's like the most stoic individual I've ever met. And when he was like, Daniel, do you want to win this fucking fight? I was like, <laughs> I was like, like dude, oh my relax. god, yes. Like, well, yes. fucking now I do. Shit. <laughs> but like, I have never seen that out of him. But it's um, you always see the genius side because of like how easily he explains things, especially while you're grappling when you're sparring. It just kind of pushes you aside. He's like, hey, like do this, do that. You should have done this. What happened here? Like analyzing things that you didn't even see or you didn't even feel. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, are you me? Well, what's happening? You know what I mean? But that's fucking hell. Sorry. All the alarms. It's all good, dude. I mean, fuck. I mean, just throw your fucking phone over there. Dude, I know. I guess I'm not even supposed to have that 9 a.m. alarm. What the fuck is going on here? What class is that? I don't even know, man. <laughs> I'm just putting this shit on Do Not Disturb. So how many weeks are you from your uh, fight currently? Whoa. Yeah. So that's hella soon. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, three on the dot. Uh, What do you weigh right now? Um, I'll tell you off camera. (laughs) Shit. But uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Are you fighting at 205? No, I'm fighting at 185. Oh, okay. Um, I have a question about this, too. Do you want to go where the money is, or is UFC the goal? I, I want to go wherever I can prove that, um, that I'm the best. Yeah. I, I really don't care where that is. You know, I, I would like it to be in Bellator because I'm already in Bellator. So yeah. that would just, you know, be a, it'd be more of a direct path, but, um, I just want to be the best Yeah, and I, I want to make enough money to, you know, pay my team what they deserve, uh, live, you know, as comfortably as I need to. Um, but no, this is not about the money at all. You know, it's about achieving greatness. Yeah. It's, it's like the glory of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, the one thing too, bro, like the, that's, that's the th- like, did you hear, I, re- I remember this comment that Dana, uh, Dana White made that, uh, fighting is not a career. It's an opportunity. Do you remember him saying that? No, but ah, shit, that makes sense. 
So it's like you have to take advantage of like what's happening currently because you're young, bro. You're young and you're in a great weight class. Yeah. Everybody likes to see big guys yeah. fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they hate seeing guys like me fight. <laughs> Small tits. The general public, I would say. The general public. Family, yeah, but they'll like, watch. But actual like fans of MMA. <clears throat> yeah. Dude. Like actual fans of MMA, I feel like we're just as interested. Honestly, we're more interested in 125 than they are in like 205 or or heavyweight yeah for the most part yeah right like, don't get me wrong there's some matchups that you just cannot ignore like gone and jones yeah. yeah seriously but um but dude like when dj was in the ufc any any time he fought people who were legit fans of the sport and knew about it everybody was watching him you're literally like oh that's the fucking king like he did yeah. everything yeah dude, i thought he won that fight against Cejudo. the last one i i yeah like yeah me too. I think it was just like because Suho Suhudo like took him down a couple of times, but other than that, like hey, yeah. it wasn't really a lot of control because DJ was getting up like right yeah. away, scrambling real good. Dude, wrestling is is super important, but sometimes it's a little bit weird with the judging. Like, I feel like if you if you if you eat two or three hard shots and you take someone down and you do not do any damage and you don't advance. Who who really won that round? You know. Yeah, it's it's like oh they're counting the control. And this time. is me saying this is a grappler. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy though, right? Like you see the guy doing significant damage. Like say I don't know if you saw that fight, um, Alex and Islam. Yeah. So like Alex was like kind of punching him, like being active while Islam was kind of just like grabbing that. I think judges are kind of controlling that. It's like oh he's controlling the fight, like Islam is because he's he has him down. He's not able to move. He's not but. But Alex is doing all this, all this like yeah. Work, that was so. a weird round. I, yeah. I honestly, in my head, I was like, well, it's got to be a ten ten round, right? Because like, uh-huh. one dude's controlling, and the same dude is getting hit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little I mean, bit of an odd. I would not want that job, to be a judge. Dude, I feel like, I feel like three judges is not enough. Five. I think Joe Rogan said it should be five. Yeah. They're like it's better, like the whole three like. I don't know. And like, who are these guys? They're apparently most of them, the big majority of them are actually judges from boxing. Yeah. So I've they don't know that. shit about MMA. And that's scary, especially to like the high level athletes or a championship fight. Like, what are we doing? If it goes the distance, what happened? What are they going to count? If like a striker fights a wrestler and then the wrestler out grapples him, but the striker did hit him with a couple shots. If they're more experienced in the whole boxing realm, they'd be like, oh, let's give it to the guy who, the striker. Yeah. I just, I don't know that world, but it's, it's not a job that I would want for sure. Same with refing, dude. That's a, that's a fucking tough one. That's a, and I feel like I would always say in the past, like, oh, they have the best seat in the house, but at the same time, they can't really enjoy it because they're zoned in. They have to watch every little detail, but just imagine that bro. from a different perspective too. Yeah. But just imagine a high level fight sitting right there in their fucking face seeing it all play out like ooh, i feel like i would be like dude damn yeah right right yeah be like oh fuck he just got hit with some shit <laughs> yeah i'd be a terrible rest dude hey sorry do you mind if i use your restroom oh go for it bro yeah go ahead take a break we're gonna take a quick little break here go ahead brother you're good where is it uh go on your left right there <laughs> what a coach I, I, I or anything that, like that i want to say that right dude i don't think 
I don't think I have it in me to coach. You know, I don't think I'm that selfless. Right. Hey, that's looking a at what, stressful ass job. What, looking at what Ron does. I mean, dude. So if if it's like a hot season for his guys, he's flying out on Thursday for a fight on Friday. So, he's, you know, he's in the hotel Thursday night. Friday, there's the fight in the hotel. Sometimes he'll fly out to another fight the next day for Saturday on Saturday. Um, even sometimes there's going to be a fight on Sunday and then he'll get back in like super late. If that, if it's like that, like super late Sunday night, then he's back coaching Monday morning. Um, and so he just has like, he, he gives all of his time to us. You know, I think that that's something that a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit or being a dick, but I feel like that's, that's something that a lot of, of us don't fully understand or respect is the amount of time that he really gives us. And, um, and so when we miss sessions or when we're late, like that's just, you know, you're, you're letting someone down who has put so much time and investment into developing you as an athlete. Yeah. Um, and so I've even told him too, like, there's there's days where I'm like run down and like overtrained but all and I know it's not really the right thing to do but I'm, I still show up to training and he knows that I feel like garbage and he's like why are you here I'm like cuz you're here like yeah. if you're if you're here to coach us like I have to be here yeah and there's also times where he like like yesterday I went to training and I was just not feel like my body did not feel right yeah you know when you're like warming up and you're not sweating at all oh, dude and your your joints are just not the right kind of sore yeah i told him that and he's like dude you need to go home like you're overtrained you need to go home before something like last time happens yeah but uh and it's our job to listen to yeah. our coaches even though we, we don't sometimes you're like no i'm good yeah but it's like at the same time hey he wants to keep training you he yeah. doesn't want to get you to a point where it's like you're overtrained so much then you injure yourself. Then you're out for six months. Then you got to rehab, bro. You know, it's yeah. like we have to be smart with our bodies, or if we don't, we'll pay the ultimate price. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing about being smart with your body is that you know what's going on with it. At the end of the day, no matter what you're telling yourself, you really you really know what's what's going on with it, right? <laughs> and. uh like you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm fucking saying. It puts me back. Like, you know exactly when you could be overtrained within two days. And that's yeah. like a very specific and exact thing. Yeah. But you, you can feel like if I keep pushing this for, if I keep pushing my schedule, my normal schedule, within one week, I'll be overtrained. Within three days, I'll be overtrained. Yeah. Like, my body doesn't feel the right kind of sore because I did a session out of the ordinary and it's funny, like how well we actually know our own like physiology and our like state of readiness. And it's also amazing how well we're easily, uh, how, how easily we'll just be like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Bro. The word of every training camp for me was like, fuck. Like every time I put my bag, I'm like, Rock. Like right. literally I'd be like My body was so fucked Like Monday 
oh, you can't wait to spar. You can't wait to, like, just move around with the guys. Tuesday, oh, wrestling's fucking tough. And then you got to go to the evenings and grappling. So Wednesday and Thursday, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're- Wednesday, you're like, hey, what the fuck happened, man? I was feeling great. Dude, literally. <laughs> and it's like, like every week is like that. Yeah. And like Even, like, how do you channel that with off-camp? Because, like, are you in the gym as much as possible? And, like, you're obviously just, like, hey, sculpting your tools, getting them better. Um, dude, I don't have an off camp. I don't have an, an off season really. Yeah. But does the training intensity like kind of like relax a bit? Um, yes, because there's not an, a, a date or an opponent. Yeah. But even if I'm not in camp, I ideally, I like to still spar in the cage at least once a week, which yeah. is not the same as in camp in camp. It's like three times a week, max, like may, probably usually two. Yeah. I feel like two is the most sustainable. Um, and also just the intensity, like, okay, I'm saying like, I still like to spar in the cage at least once a week, Yeah. but those rounds are still nowhere as intense as when I'm actually in camp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, if you're giving, if you're giving someone else rounds uh-huh. for their camp, you, yeah, you're going really fucking hard and it's, it's really tough, but it's not the same as when you're the one in camp because sure. you're doing like like you're trying significantly harder to implement your game plan yeah and do everything you need to do to win the rounds because you know you have a fight coming in mind yep rather than if you're if you don't have a fight in mind like yeah it can still be hard but it doesn't have that same intensity yeah and it was it sucked cuz uh I don't know who you Rick Soto I don't know who you yeah. Do. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah you know Rick's Rick. the man dude bro I have never worked with somebody who critiqued me so much. Really? But that's the shit that I needed. Literally. Like he, he, if I was working with, I wish, should have, wish, should have, could have, would have, you know what I mean? But like, I wish I worked with him my whole career. Like I've only worked with him one fight and that was my last fight. And I've never felt better. But during the whole camp was rough because I could never reach to what he wanted camp was hard sparring i never did anything right he was like dude look at you look at your hips look at your footing why are you getting hit there why are you getting tired here aren't you conditioned aren't you running what's going on i'm like say something nice (laughs) and then in the fight though everything came out everything yeah and i was like oh my god i have never felt like this before that was uh bellator right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember that one and it was but i i and then ron was like saying that he's like he was like i love rick Cause he was like, every time Ron was like tripping out, like what he was telling me in the corner, he was like, Ron was telling me, he's like, Hey, I love Rick. He's like, I love him for you too. And I was like, shit. Yeah, me too. And when I told Rick that I was done for fighting, we're done with fighting. He was like, thank God. Really? <laughs> he like was happy. He was like, Daniel, I am not here to train, like keep you guys from fighting. He's like, I'm here to pro- I'm only here to train you guys. So you guys are well protected. And I'm giving you the right tools to be able to come out unscathed. But I am not here to keep you guys fighting. And I was like, I was so terrified to tell him. I was terrified. That's a, yeah, that's an interesting thing to hear from a coach. Yeah. He lit the first great, thing he said. It's, it's he an said, amazing thing. Thank God. And we, I went to training right after. I was like, because I was going to train with them, like with all the guys and, and all of them. And I told him because I was the first one there. And he said that, thank God. And then he made me tell all the guys. And I was nervous to tell Ant, too. I was like, shit, because Ant's my main training partner. And I was like, dude, like, 
I don't know how I'm going to, like, do this, but it's a trip, dude. Like, literally. Dude, I think you and uh, Justin are a couple interesting cases where you guys were just honest with yourselves, like, with where your mindset was at, uh, went with it and never looked back. You know, it's, I think that that's, um, there's a lot to learn from, like, like I'll take a lot of that from you guys when, when it's my time to get out of the game. Yeah. Because, uh, you guys got out and found things that you were extremely passionate about and got really fucking good at those things. Yeah. You know, you just channeled the drive elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Because the drive. The drive, the the capacity to have drive, I feel like does not leave fighters. And so when you don't have something to fill that void, that's when shit gets bad. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, like you with all the, the social media things, the the podcast, like putting out all this great information, um, training clients, and then Justin with uh, all of his business ventures and whatnot, like it's, it's pretty incredible to see. And it, it's, uh, I'm sure you guys went through your hard times too, but all th- like from the outside, it looked like a very smooth transition. Like, well, just, Justin's dating my sister. So I was able to like, we, we were able to talk about it and I, it was definitely difficult for him for sure. Uh, because he's still like, he has an amateur show. Yeah. So he's involved in the game and there was times where he was like hinting that he wanted to come back and fight again and so on and so forth. So, and I think he still has that. Um, and, uh, for me, man, like I love that shit. Like I fighting, like I said, the best job in the world, the fucking best, but I could give two fucks about it now. Like even now, bro, like I used to be obsessed with media when it comes to the fighting, I love watching interviews. I love studying opponents. I loved watching every fucking fight. Now, I'm like, oh, they're fighting? Like, who's fighting this weekend? My brother has to inform me who's fighting this weekend. He always, he's like my guy. Dude, you hear about this fight? I'm like, oh, what happened? I don't know shit anymore. I used to be obsessed. Every time I'd be in the fucking bathroom, I'd be literally taking a shit and fucking like, oh, fuck. There's, oh, this is a good face off. Bro, like I was obsessed and it's so weird to channel that somewhere else. Yeah, I was going to say it makes sense though because you just redirected yeah. that amount of energy but into I something else. But I still love it. That's a that's the thing too. Like every <laughs> Well, because you dude, you you invested so much oh, dude, in, over uh, 10 over, years. Yeah. Literally. Like, and every time I work it out of my garage, <laughs> I put on an old walkout song. Really? Dude, and I'm just like, "Oh my god." And then my brother still fights. Yeah. So when I when he's training for a fight and I go down to his gym to give him some work, literally still schooling these fucking kids, and I'm just like, dude, mentally I feel more dangerous than ever. Physically I do too. So, but I also know there when I'm in the gym, I'm like, damn, dude, I want to fucking feel so goddamn good right now. Then when I come here, I'm like, hey, I can't. I physically, mentally can't. I can't put everything aside that I'm doing for that. Why? Because I already did it. Best feeling in the world, I don't need it anymore. I feel like it also, it's also like, this is true for some people that still fight, I feel like. But what are you fighting for, right? Oh, absolutely. Dude, Rick. Oh my God. Again with Rick. 
he before we wanted to work together that because I reached out to him to work together. The one thing he asked me, he I mean, he made me go to his house, put on a fucking binder, had a pencil, sat down like this. He's like, like an interview, like an interview. Dude, that's that's fucking intimidating. I'm not. Bro. He doesn't like, bro. Oh god, Rick's, Rick's a fucking man. I, I am embedded to him my entire life. He literally asked me that question: Why do you want to fight? I said, "Cause I love it." No, no, no. Why do you want to fight? Why are you fighting? And I'm just like, I have never been asked these questions before. But I try to answer as best as possible. He's like, "No, no, no, no. Why do you want to fight?" And I'm just like, "Old man." What are you asking me? <laughs> right? You like dig way too deep in yeah, your, but in your every, psychology than you're comfortable. Every training session was like that. It was always like so. I have I have been tested physically, never psychologically, by another individual, and then he showed me all these other things where it's like, oh my god. And he's and he also told me like fighting is like business, where. If, say if I'm on the podcast space and if I want my podcast to obviously be one of the great podcasts, study what they're doing and do it better. Just like when we're studying our opponents, what do they do? Ooh, let's enhance this so we can do it better than them. And he told me to read this book, Art of War. It pretty much tells you, you pretty much have to know your opponent more than they know themselves. So every time I was doing a face-off with an opponent, I was like, bro, I know you. Rick would know him. He was like, Rick would read my opponent's captions just to learn their psychology. Crazy. Yeah, that's nutty, dude. Bro. That's what I'm saying, dude. Different level kind of shit. And that's why I always wish I worked with somebody like that my whole career because I didn't have that. I've had great, phenomenal coaches and I'm, they're always family, but different. There's a difference. But yeah, man, it's, uh, for me, it was an easy transition. The day I got concussed, the day Anthony Doe brought me here, I said, that day, I'm done. Not doing it anymore. And that was it. It was pretty quick. Yeah, that is yeah. really quick. And then <clears throat> my only main worry was the training partners. Anthony, Chris, John, like all the people that I was like, Katrina helping work and all the other guys at AKA. And, uh, cause dude, you give 10 years of your life to that. And then obviously, obviously just in a, in a sudden thing, no, yeah, I'm done. And yeah, it was smooth. And also, I've also studied, I watched Chuck Liddell. I watched Tito Ortiz. I watched Oscar De La Hoya, all these guys wanting to come back and I've watched them. And I would always say that it's a damn shame that these guys never found their way out and they still married to the game. And like you said, when you're done with the game, you're done. And I always said that too. When I'm done, I'm done. And that's why I don't really, I'll watch a good fight. I love watching fights. I still love watching fights. I still love critiquing fights. I still love watching my old teammates fight. But I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be out with my friends and be like, oh, guys, shut the fuck up. I'm going to I'm gonna go watch a fight. Yeah. Oh, it's not yeah. like that anymore. You're no, you're no longer married to the game. <laughs> still love it though, in a different way. Well, I think that that's good though. I mean, it's, you know, It's like a, it's like a relationship. You know, right. if you're one foot in, one foot out, shit just gets fucking bad. Yes. Right. So I would say I, I love the fight game. I'm not in love with it anymore. Yeah. So that's how I would describe it for sure. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's like just, a, uh, you know what? It was a well, it's a good separation. Yeah. It was like a, it was a mutual divorce. Yeah. 
shit. It was an amicable, amicable breakup. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. Anyways, brother, you came into my house and you have something. You have a product. Oh, yeah. I brought you a present, man. Describe it for me, please. You, it's, it's a, uh, it is a pre? It is a pre-workout, yeah, from uh, Complex Nutrition. Uh, Complex bought Nova 3 Labs. So they're in the process of rebranding this stuff, but this still has the old logo. But yeah, this stuff I actually is, like it. Looks legit. Yeah, I actually dude, really it's, like it. it's great, man. I mean, like, I mean, pretty, them, them wanting to change it. I mean, I I think it looks great. I yeah, I do too. I do too. But they also did buy the company, so they gotta you know, <laughs> gotta do more. Yeah, you always gotta innovate. Um, uh, but they're yeah, it's good. It's mostly like an amino acid complex, and they got a tiny bit of caffeine in here. So I figured, figured you'd like it. Have you ever done? Have you already had your coffee? I've never, never had. Pre workout my coffee? No, no, no. Have you? You already did coffee because I'm asking if you already had caffeine in you. Uh, yeah, because you said you uh, had a little go, bit. That's coffee right now? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I wanted to actually dry scoop it with you. You're going to dry scoop it with coffee? <laughs> Fuck it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> double the caffeine. Yeah, yeah, double the caffeine. And I'm not even, I'm not even training today, dude. And you're I'm still going to be driving home, fucking screaming at my windshield, going to buck 95 on 101. Just, ah! Uh, well, I have, um, I have been drunk on this podcast. I have not taken pre-workout live on this podcast. Should we do it? I want to do. I brought. I brought my own scoop. My own. Yeah. My own creatine scoop. And who cares if we make a mess on the tables? It is fine. I can. I can always wipe it down. <laughs> it's just you powder. Want, do you want a full scoop? This shit's pretty strong. Is it? it well, is. What I'm gonna take like what? Give me what you you take. Okay. Because I mean I'm 160. You're two something. Yeah. So we're totally different. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only gonna give you that. I one. usually do full scoop all the time, so really, yeah, Dude, always. You're a fucking bad motherfucker. Like with creatine, I'll just take oh, the oh, whole fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, but what pre workouts? I don't usually do pre workouts. I just like my natural pre workout is is coffee. So this is my first yeah. time. Yeah, you know? me too. Cheers, right, cheers, my brother. <laughs> Shit. That's a fucking horrible taste. Great pre-workout and coffee. Dude. Actually, that's, that's not bad. That's good for me. You like that? Oh, that's fucking fire. I didn't even know what the flavor was. My dumb ass saw the purple and I just thought that was a logo. Dude, that's fucking nah, it's fire, great, bro. Holy shit. It is good. Oh, I should probably also I say actually, there's a... There's <laughs> all, could I have more? <laughs> there's this... Uh, so I'm breaking the rules. It says... Uh, do not consume with additional sources of caffeine. So, oh fuck, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. Yeah, dude, fuck, take more. That's good. Oh my god, it's yours, yeah. man. He's the big right. scoop. Should I? Fuck. Wait, I, dude, I took a little last thing. I took my creatine one. Holy yeah, fuck! Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a big Whoa. ass. Yeah. Wait, do people actually take the full scoop of this? I have before once. Okay. This is the problem with me. I'm a lightweight with a lot of shit. Yeah, dude, I would take... So I already kind of feel jittery. I would take like a third. I don't know if it's in my head, but I feel kind of jittery. Yeah, I would I would probably <laughs> take like a third of that because that's a big-ass scoop. Bro. And I also don't do pre-workout, so that's probably why. Yeah. Dude, this, this is one... This is like the only pre-workout I've ever had where I can take some at night and still fall asleep. Really? Yeah, but it's. I think it's because there's just so little caffeine. So is this good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right, I'm gonna have more. Round two. Mm. Fucking cinnamon challenge. 
Dude, you remember when that was a thing? Like, for it was a thing for like a while too. Like okay, you just take why? a like a fucking tablespoon of cinnamon. Dude, that is fire. What's the what's the company called? Uh, Complex Nutrition. Complex Nutrition. Shout out to you. That's fucking fire. Holy shit. Goddamn. Anyways, dude, what was the point of that challenge? By the way, you just keep it in your mouth. No, you try to swallow it right away. You try to swallow all the cinnamon right away, and then you just die. You know how stupid that is? Can you die from that, actually? Ah, probably not. I don't remember what they took it with. Is it just a spoon? Yeah. Yeah, dude, the funny thing about that... So, when when all that shit was going on, I was a fucking <laughs> freshman in high school, so I was like, oh, you gotta do it. Yeah. We gotta do a cinnamon challenge. <laughs> And I didn't do it right because you're supposed to swallow it right away. But I, I like took the spoonful of cinnamon and I waited a little bit for oh, it to get moist, shit. and then I swallowed it. And I was like, "Why don't people just wait?" I don't know. <laughs> but they obviously they do it for like the view where yeah. it's like they over exaggerate where they're dying. Yeah. But I have honestly, bro, when I've dried scoop shit before, I actually got fucked up. Like why I inhaled, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, dude, yeah, it's, dude, it's, it's awful. the worst. It is so bad." So yeah. I always have to be mindful, especially I thought I was going to fuck up here and it would have been terrible to just cough all over my computer. <laughs> you get like a grape flavored mic. But dude, this is actually really fucking good though. I actually can't wait to like work with this. I'm going to plan. I'm going to train in the morning tomorrow. I'm going to take this shit. Hell yeah. I'll literally fucking, fire. I'll, I'll, I'll tag them and everything, dude. Dude, this is so fucking good. dude. I love when like product is like, it also tastes good too. Cause I've had some that were yeah. just like, ah, oh, this tastes just plain. Yeah. No, this boring. is a, they're a great company, dude. They like, would you ever get into supplement base? Uh, like supplements industry. Cause I know you're in the fitness industry. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I think it just, uh, it depends. I'm more, honestly, I'm more interested in anything about like endocrinology. Okay. So, you know, there's like certain herbs, like you, you listen to the human podcast, so I'm sure you, Dude, you listen to that. Yeah. It's, cr- it's crazy. There's like a lot of herbs that really will change your hormonal structure or not structure, but like your levels and whatnot. Yeah. That stuff is really interesting to me. Um, especially because like, like I can't bring myself to take PEDs. Yeah. So the only thing, like I only touch like natural supplements, but, um, it's it's crazy how like changing your or altering your uh, endocrinology can almost like double your performance, double your your um, mental processing, and uh, a whole like world of of things that happen when you optimize your hormones. Yeah, and I think like we have so much information, and man, it's twenty twenty three. If like you're an athlete. You want to be at your fullest potential as best as possible. You know, you want to be recovered properly. You want to be your most optimal. Like, you got to find those little hacks that will enhance that. Yeah, you right. Know? But I don't know. They're still, a lot of people are still doing kind of like the old school way, you know, where they're like, no, I'm just going to, you know, eat normal. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want that ground turkey or brown beef diet? Oh yeah, dude. No, I I had to I had to stop because my last camp it was easier. I could just eat ground beef and and rice all the time. Your story was fucking hilarious. But I actually have to like lose weight this oh, time. Fuck, so. dude. Dude, I think other people were like getting on it too, just to dude, fuck with you. Yeah, it was hilarious. Other people were just like posting ground beef and rice oh and tagged me, and I was like. This is this is the way, dude. I was literally making my ground beef, and I was like putting spinach and asparagus all over it, and I was like thinking, I was like, 
fucking deal. <laughs> Dude, I was like, Beach I boy, man. Yeah, but I was like, you haven't done it in a minute. So I, I just thought you're like, oh, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. No, I'm definitely still doing it. Aren't you like so simple? Like where you can almost like eat the same thing every single day, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I mean, it's simple like from the outside, but I really fucking like what I eat. Right? Like I eat red meat for pretty much like probably 95, 98% of all of my my meals. Yeah. And I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. bro, beef is the best. Yeah. Or I'm, like elk or bison. Or, I've never had elk. Dude, elk is fire. I've never Shoot. had it. I think you can get it at maybe at Los Gatos Meats and Smokehouse. Are you ever no, going to get into hunting? Sure. Yeah, I would love to for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's like the way. Yeah. Like learning how to like hunt for your food. Yeah. Have it like butchered and then distributed to your house. Dude, yeah. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. My, my folks have a neighbor that they get um, wild meat from sometimes. Like they've gotten wild boar, elk. Dude, that's so, I mean, that's just the way, man, to me. I just, I don't know. I don't want to like rely on like say grocery stores and like, oh, I. Yeah, you want to be self-sufficient, right? Fuck yeah, dude. Like in everything. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't want to have to rely on this or that. Because like my sister gardens. Bro, there is this big difference when it's like you get fruit from like the store to like actually grown. Yeah. It's such a huge difference. I'm like, whoa. Because you, you can control everything, you know? Yeah. And like we don't know where it's going. Like, bro, I saw this video on TikTok where they say like apples have like wax in it. She was like, this lady was like scraping the knife off the wax. And I went to work. Then I work at Google. So I grabbed the apple and I grabbed one of the knives. Dude, everywhere. Really? <clears throat> and then I go home to my mom's house. I grab one of the apples. Dude, everywhere. It's a fucking trip. And I love apples. Why is it, why are they coated with wax? I don't know. I don't know. Like I didn't look more information into it, but I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh fuck. Like we're probably eating a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Microplastics, man. Yeah, dude. So that's the thing. Like, it's better to like be self-efficient, where it's like you're getting your own fucking food. Like, you're killing it yourself. Even though I know, dude, vegans, how, vegans don't get mad at me. I want to ask you. I want to ask you something. How much of how much more fucking headaches have you gotten learning more about like the bullshit that's in your food and like trying to get better quality food? It's a it's a great thing yeah. because you you like learn how to source your meat better. You yeah. learn how to source your like vegetables and whatever you learn how to source everything better and where to get it for sure but it's a fucking headache because you're like fuck i can't eat this anymore i can't yeah. i don't want to eat this anymore i don't yeah. eat this anymore like everything has fucking canola oil in it yeah dude and like it, it drives me nuts because like at people at at work like they always bag on me because i don't eat the food there they're like why don't you eat the food here and i was like well they're like it says vegetarian it says all these like headlines i was like that's a headline i was like look at the ingredients canola oil yeah like everything has it and i'm like D i don't want to eat this shit because like if i keep that in, and if i keep consuming it daily it's just gonna like cause unnecessary damage in my body that i do not want yeah so it sucks dude because it's like everything every that's why i'm saying like well, when you go out your diet gets so much more restrictive i mean i'll i'll be honest i try to be like as good as possible about yeah. it probably 90 percent of the time 95 percent of the yeah. time but there are times when i when i go out and i'm like I, I just want yeah, to have a meal. If I have, if yeah. I have pizza, if I'm going to go somewhere like... Burger and fries. Yeah, and like I see the food as just food. Like I... Because I... 
there's like this behavior thing when it comes to like nutrition where it's like when people think like oh fuck i cheated on my diet i yeah dude yeah, i, I don't like, like the I, I don't like the term cheat meals that's stupid and i feel like especially for people who are trying to lose weight it's a horrible thing to have because then you just have like this negative connotation applied to yeah. a meal or a certain food and then when you when you do eat it when you have your cheat meal you're like yeah. well fuck i'm already cheating so i'll just i'll just throw in a bag of brownies while i'm at it yeah maybe yeah. some twinkies like <laughs> like i feel like it's just uh you you know if you're for example if you're trying to lose weight like once in a while you can loosen you can loosen your your leash on on your diet yeah and then for the most part you know keep it in check yeah like and i tweeted a conversation that i had with a client where they said i cheated um i messed up my diet and i said replied you didn't mess up anything it's not an exam it's food yeah i was like don't look at your food as a punishment you know what i mean yeah it's just food i was like having a what a slice of pizza okay cool having two boxes of fucking pizza that may can cause some harm you know what i yeah. mean but don't and that's the thing. Like people look at me, I'm the food police. Every time we have Thanksgiving or fucking Christmas, I'm like, dude, eat. I don't give a fuck what you're eating. Go ahead. I can care less. And like people see me that I eat, I eat, I eat really fucking good. Yeah. But I also like to eat as much as real food as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, all the stuff that you post too. Like, what you you cook pretty much <clears throat> all of your meals for the most part. I cook everything. Right? And from what I've seen, nothing that you you consume at least on the regular it looks like it came out of a bag no and like that's the thing where people will message me especially a lot of females like daniel what do you do with your skin like your skin looks so good all the time i'm like i don't eat like shit <laughs> yeah you're like also I, I like you eat animal fat dude that's a crazy thing bro yeah i i did um oh dude so it's just it was not conducive to training because i just had to like at the time I was heavier too and I had to take in like 500 grams of carbs a day. Oh shit. Um and so I went I was doing like animal based for a minute. Yeah. And just consuming like a lot of animal fat. And normally yeah. I do have some like dry skin issues especially when I like get out of the shower. But consuming like that much animal fat and collagen, I never had like dry skin. Yeah. Like my skin always felt great. It's crazy like what that stuff uh, what, what your diet does to just your not like your body composition, but like your physical appearance. Yeah. And, and like, like your, how your how your body feels. Dude. And like how you think, you know what I mean? Like it, it gives you like this weird, clear headed, like, I don't know, like this certain space that it's just like, I didn't know. That's why I said like, I'm more dangerous mentally just because I really started to dial in my health. Yeah. With my sleep, with my physicality, with my nutrition. I'm just like, dude, like if I implemented this during fighting, fuck what would yeah. have happened well i think it's the same notion of like you're either going forwards or backwards right yeah i think when when you're not kind of paying attention to what's in your food you're consuming a lot of these like really unhealthy seed oils like fucking monsanto corn and shit god knows what's in that Bro. and then <sighs> but then when you take all that out like what do you fill it with yeah like you're gonna fill that with what like grass-fed butter yeah like clean carbohydrates and, and I, then and you're going forwards. And I had that problem, bro, like where during camp I was dialed. I was always – my nutrition was perfect, sleep, training, obviously overtrained. But after, hey, I ate everything. And that's the fucking problem. Like you're literally like fucking your whole metabolism up like that. Yeah. Bro, like you – I – my last fight, 
I had like a really bad like whole like eating disorder going on like really bad I I, I couldn't stop eating sugar really yeah like that during fight camp. during camp bro oh, fuck AKA hey sparring I would I don't know if you know what this place is called Cineholic fucking amazing <laughs> it, yeah it sounds great you can customize your own cinnamon rolls it's like Subway but a, in a cinnamon roll fashion oh god great but every time I after training I'd go there get cinnamon what? rolls bro. We have addictive personalities, you and I. <laughs> That's where you would go to, like. I would go there you know, and workout nutrition, dude, straight up. And I thought I could because I'm working so hard, dude. And I would get fucked. Why is my back hurt? Like I'm fine in training. Inflammation. Yeah, Why? dude. I'm eating all this bullshit, sleeping terribly, not training optimally, dude. The whole camp was hard, and then. I was always jacked for training camps, right? And then my last fight, when I'm getting my hand raised, hey, pudgy. Yeah. And Rick has that photo. He, like, sent me, sent it to me. He's never seen me, like, how I was in my past fights where I was just like jacked shredding. city constantly. And then I was just like that. And it wasn't, and nothing dialed. Like, literally, like, there's no definition. And I was like, I destroyed my body. And then I was like, just like, kind of like you did. You really had to like take a look at like what you were doing wrong. Like I need to do this experiment with I what my body reacts to and what it doesn't. And let me see how I feel. I wonder if because uh, you're probably just like super super low blood sugar, and then that's yeah. what was what was causing the, the glucose. I wonder what would have happened if you were to like pre and post training, just like taking a scoop of honey. Yeah, which is a way cleaner source of sugars. Agreed. And dude. <laughs> so bad you know when you do a physical before your fights i was 153 what i fight at 125 pounds <laughs> bro how how far out were you when you took the physical uh this it was to the it was to the point where i would have to facetime the commission every week and and show oh, them the shit. scale i was terrified literally i straight up bro had a sugar addiction Dude, that's no, fucked. It got to the point where I was like, what the fuck happened? And then it got worse after my fight. Dude, you know, the thing is about like uh, sugar addictions. <laughs> when uh, pretty much any any formal addict will, will agree with what I'm saying. And if you don't agree, it probably means you're the latter. Yeah. <laughs> um, when when people get clean, they go one or two, one of two ways. I think I told you this last time. They go one or two, one of two ways always. Yeah. They either get really fit or really fat because exercise and consuming a bunch of like sugar and fat yeah. are one of the two easiest natural ways to like get up your like pump dopamine into your system or, yeah. or however you want to describe it. So yeah, that sugar addiction is, is real, man. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's and like you just crave it. Yeah. And I'm, I like how I like, change the whole behavior aspect of it because now like my, it was my mom's birthday yesterday i took her out to dinner and they brought Happy her out. yeah shout out to mom <laughs> she they brought her out um just like a on the house kind of little chocolate cake thing and i had some and like we had chocolate covered strawberries with my family before bro i used to eat a fucking bowl of that i had four and i was like ah, i can't do this anymore when you're like literally so in tune with your body, you're just your body recognizes certain things. It's just like kind of like, ah, I don't think I want this that much. Yeah, dude, I was talking uh, to my my roommate about it the other day. He he mentioned like, 
um, like if we're craving something sweet at the end of the day, like sometimes we'll uh, like we have some some good quality ice cream from like a local creamery. Yeah, I can't eat much of that because I'm in camp. But um, <laughs> if uh, if I'm still like craving something sweet or something, we'll um, we'll do like non-fat Greek yogurt with a scoop of protein powder or something. Yeah, and that's actually really good. And uh, and it's it's got great macros for you too. Yeah. And he was laughing. He was like, "Dude, if we ate this, like, with when we were on like a different diet, when we were just eating like Twixes on the regular and yeah. stuff, like this would taste like shit." Yeah. And right now, this tastes fucking amazing. Straight up, bro. Like oatmeal with a half a scoop of protein powder, a little bit of honey, and all the mixed berries. Hey, incredible. That's fucking dessert yeah certain sometimes i'll have that for breakfast i'm like dude this is heaven yeah and you feel great after dude you feel the best literally then that's why i'm so happy that the whole transition came to play because it's like damn i have a bedtime i stick to it i always wake up at the same time 2 a.m okay that's insane that's fucking nuts yeah when we were texting i was wide up i was like yeah dude when i when i uh when i woke up i was like fuck dude i I gotta figure this schedule out thing, but it's it's late. I, it's, he's gonna wait. Yeah, it's two thirty. He's already awake. Yes. I know. When I saw that, I think I replied like the same minute. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, dude, that's hilarious, man. Yeah, and like my body doesn't allow me to sleep in. So if I if I have a party here, dude, hey, guess what? I'm not sleeping. I'll literally go to bed probably like one. Dude, body's up. Hey, it's two. Get up, dude. Like I don't have alarms. My body's just, it's fucking scary though. Cause I'm like, oh my God. Like when it's eight o'clock, I'm dead. I am so exhausted (laughs) and people stay up for like 10, 11. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking dying at seven o'clock. I need to go to sleep weekends. I have to like adjust my schedule. Cause sometimes I'm with my family and then obviously like with my friends too. So if I stay up late, Ooh, I got to adjust. Yeah. But you know, I pay the consequences of that too. So it's like, but it's okay because it's like, I always, I can always get back like that. So yeah, it's just being in tune. Well, it's good that you have that, um, ability to kind of give yourself some flexibility on your schedule. I have to, I have to like when people are like, Oh, you're so strict. What are you talking about? I was like, the way I eat every day is how I want to eat. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. No, dude. Okay. That, that whole thing about like, (laughs) remember, uh, last time, you were talking about how someone was like live a little or, or whatever it, it's that it's is like, living well, well dude if, if you ate like this the same diet for like a month and you realize like how good your body feels and how good you feel mentally yeah you, it's you can't go back why i mean i you... i know certain things taste good like i know mcdonald's tastes good as a matter of fact mcdonald's is like literally genetically engineered for your brain yeah it. absolutely like <laughs> So when people, I I don't trust people who are like, yeah, I I, I just don't like McDonald's. I'm Shut like, the fuck I'm up. Like, you know you do. Come you're, on. You're fucking lying. But griddles, hey, dude, right? Syrup buns. Uh, <laughs> but he was dude. Theo was licking his lips for the audio version, bro. It's incredible. <laughs> but once you get used to eating clean, like how again, the how it feels physically and mentally, you're like, dude, I can't, I can't fucking go back. Yeah, and you I know? also know when I do. Say I want to like eat when their family families around or friends around. If there's pizza there, I know how much to eat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I know how much my body can take. And I also, if I overdo it, ooh, I'm gonna pay the consequences. Where I'm gonna feel like shit. Yeah, and I don't want to feel like that. So even when I'm consuming alcohol, I never get blacked out. 
I never get a hangover because I'm always consuming water while I'm drinking. And then the next day, the only thing that I'm affected by is the sleep deprivation. That's it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm like, Ooh, I'm good. I'm just pretty tired. Yeah. But overall, I'm fine. And everybody's like, what's going on? What time is it? And I'm just like, damn, dude, that sucks. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? But being hungover is the worst, bro. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm always sleep deprived every time I drink. Because <clears throat> all my friends, family, they all stay up late. And I have to stay up with them. Yeah. So it's bad. And my form of staying up late is fucking 7 o'clock. So I'm just like, dude, like if I went to jujitsu at evening time, hey. I'd be fucked. Dude, you'd be I, wrecked, man. I would have to change my whole circadian rhythm again. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, brother, we just hit uh, an hour and 30. Um, I actually don't remember the last time. Remember the last thing I asked you uh, was the greatest lesson you've ever learned? I don't remember what you said, and it probably changed. Who knows? But since you are here for the second time, but really the first, uh, out of all the years that you've been alive, what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? Damn, dude, that's a that's a tough one. It's the greatest lesson I've ever learned. Listen to God and stay true to yourself. Yeah. Beautifully said, brother. Are there any closing statements for the podcast? Um no man, fuck. Thank you. Get for fucking me, tickets. Bro. Oh yeah, get tickets. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a link tree in my bio. I'm gonna put all the links below in all the descriptions too, because yeah. this is gonna be coming out soon anyway. So on my YouTube, on my Spotify, Apple Podcast, it will all be on the links, my brother. Hell yeah. So thank you, man. Brother, thank you so much. Yeah, and obviously, me. obviously, shout out to that brand. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to uh, Complex Nutrition for this. It's fucking fire, straight yeah. up. Honestly, dude, are you are you you feeling it yet? What this? I feel kind of just yeah. Yeah, same, yeah, dude. I do. I <laughs> You're like fuck. I want to train now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna go well, back. You did, to the gym. you did double. I'm caffeine. gonna go back to the gym and get fucking yeah. super overtrained and uh, injured again right now. <laughs> it's gonna be sick, bro. Oh, I hope they kick you out, <laughs> brother. Theo, it's so good to see you, my man. I, I'm gonna go to your fight too. I'm gonna get some tickets for probably. I'm gonna probably get like three or four. So I'll reach out to you. I'll make sure to use your fucking code so you get Hell that yeah. fucking commission. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, my brother. Much love. I'll see you fight night, ladies and gentlemen.